Hallelujah. Well, my Bible tells me happy is the people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. I'm one of them. Anybody else one of them tonight? Amen. God bless you. Let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 8 tonight, verse 6, if you would. So happy to be together tonight in the presence of the Lord. Um, what a great opportunity. Whatever would you bring that, that prayer class? Yeah. <clears throat> what a blessed opportunity it is for us to be able to be assembled together. Brother Fred, I'd have you back with us now, buddy. God bless you. Good to see you. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen. Ain't that something that I never heard them if they'd done that? <laughs> the author of this book would have said, and they nodded their heads. But I want you to notice what they done. They said, the people answered, Amen. Amen. With lifting up their hands, with their heads, bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Oh, you say that was Old Testament. Ah, but apparently you haven't studied on the New Testament where the author Jerome says this. Jerome tells us in the New Testament era, it was the custom in his days to close up every prayer with such a unanimous consent that their amen rang and echoed in the church until it sounded like the fall of waters or the noise of a thunder. Y'all didn't even sound like a drop, much less a creak. Now can you imagine this is the way it was in the New Testament, that the people so rang out. You see, they, they didn't believe that all the action and all the movement and all the emotion was restricted to this little six by six area right here. They believe the saints had the Holy Ghost. And they believe the saints ought to say something about it. I'm a New Testament preacher. Now, let's look at verse seven here. There's only a couple of these names that I'm gonna to try to pronounce and the rest of these guys, I'm gonna call them good old brothers. Also, Yeshua and Benaiah and all the rest of them good old brothers. <clears throat> and the Levites caused the people to understand the law. Now, I want you to notice what happens when real genuine believers understand and the people stood in their place. When people understand, real believers, it will direct them to their place. Verse 7, or verse 8 rather. So they read in the book, in the law of God, distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Ah, oh, so apparently they did not believe that the law was like some sort of magical potion. Abracadabra, abracadu, what can I make out of you? Nothing. Neither can the Bible just by reading it to you. Don't get mad at me. Neither can just push and play just by pushing and play. There has to be understanding. 
right? Now, this is the Old Testament without the new birth. How much more would it be today? Listen to this verse again. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. I mean, I'd like to be remembered tonight as we pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can be gathered together tonight. I know of one little lady standing here tonight that is so happy to be able to be here. And that's my little daughter. Not only my little one, but my bigger one. I'm so glad that they can both be able to come to church. I know there's others here, Father, that maybe have been sick and going through this and that and the other. And they're just so glad to be in the house of God. Well, I ain't really been sick. I ain't really been laid up or nothing. I'm just glad to be back again myself. I love coming to your house. I know I'm your house. I know that. But there's something about me bringing my little lick of fire with some of these other folks' lick of fire. It just seems to go from a little candle flickering in the night into a big bonfire when we have church. And there's just something about a big bonfire. Lord God, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Speak to us from your word. May we be benefited by our gathering together. Lord, you see this prayer cost I have in my hands. You know this need. Dear God, I preach with it. I pray your anointing will go with it. Lord, you'll minister to this need according to your will. So many hands uplifted. Father, people holding requests in their heart and their life. We know you're a prayer answering God. Lord, we've seen you do so many wonderful things. And we want to know we thank you. We do not want to be like those who were actually touched that day by their leprosy. And only one out of the ten come back to give you thanks. I want to be that one that comes back to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your kindness. Speak to us tonight. Oh, God, help us, I pray, in this service. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints of God said, Amen. Well, that wasn't much of a thunderstorm, but... We'll start with it. God bless you. You can, you can be seated. Now, I don't know about you. I believe the seven thunders have been revealed. So, I mean, if you're all waiting on it so you can thunder out with it, that's okay. But I, I believe they've already thundered. You know, I, I find it quite amazing that for many people that are Christians, they love, they love the Bible. As far as a, a nominal walk and as far as a nominal understanding that many of them have. They do. They, they love the Bible. They don't love it in the same way that a bride member does. But with a church perspective, they do love it. And what I find amazing is, as I was speaking to such a Christian not long ago, that was not really a message believer, but just a person that loved God and, and I met them and was talking to them. And uh, they, they wanted to let me know that their walk with God was not one that really involved church. And it was not one that involved doctrine. It didn't really involve, you know, knowing too much about the Bible, knowing really that much about God. But they just had this unique sort of thing that they felt like they had with God. And they didn't really have to read that much 
They didn't have to be in fellowship with other saints, but, you know, kind of a, just a unique type of modern Laodicean, you know, type of individual. But as I listened to this individual, and I, I knew the status of this person, that they were a married individual, and I knew that they also had children, and I saw how phenomenal that that would have been if the same thing would have been carried over into their marriage and carried over into their family life. And they really would not have had any restrictions. The wife could come and go, do as she pleased, has as many boyfriends as she wanted. Man could have as many girlfriends as he wanted. Uh, the kids could come in three in the morning, four in the morning, do whatever. But I, I knew them well enough to know indirectly to know, that, to know about them that they had, if you wish to call it this way, doctrine in their home. So they had certain things that they did that they didn't do certain places that they wouldn't go, certain ways that they behaved, certain ways that they believed about doing this or that. Yeah, I thought how strange that it was that they felt like that they had to have a doctrine in their home and certain things to do and not do, but yet when it come to God, you know, they're just kind of freeloaders, just doing whatever. Uh, you don't really have to do this or don't do that or any of that sort of thing. It's just whatever you give him, he's glad to get. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. That might be your modern view of a Laodicean God, but that's not the God of the Bible. Amen. The God of the Bible is a very, very picky God. Now, he's an awesome God. He's a wonderful God. But many, they idolize the Bible, and they're so particular as far as even about the type of Bible that they would have in their home. They would not by any means have an NIV. They would not have a Young's translation. They would not have even the new uh, King James Version. They would only have that old King James Version, boy, that 15-something other, whatever it was, back to that original. They would not want any newfangled translation of the Bible. But if you would ask them about certain things in their Bible, it would be amazing how foolish that some of them really would be. Well, what difference would it be really whether you read a Young's translation or a literal translation or the Greek lexicon translation or on and on and on I could go if you really don't know that much about the contents in the translation itself. And the sad part about it is that I, I believe that there are many people even around the ranks of the message who look at the message the same way that they actually worship the message itself. They, they consider the words on the tapes and the words in the books as sacred words directly from the mouth of God himself. No humanity involved in Brother Branham. You know, Brother Branham said that Moses was on the ark and Moses built the ark before the flood came. Then if Brother Branham said Moses was on that ark, then Moses was on that ark. Well, I agree, Moses was on the ark. The one his mama built. Right. 
But if Brother Branham said Moses was on that ark and Moses went inside there and God shut that door, then Moses was on that ark with Noah. And they make every word totally infallible, every word God. But when it comes right down to the reality of it, many of those same people have the idea, well, you don't really have to understand it anyway. All you do is just believe it. It don't really matter if you understand it or not. You just believe. Oh my goodness, we must have some of those here tonight. But you know, whenever you really look at that, that is such a naive perception of God himself. First of all, it's contrary to the Bible. It's contrary to what we just read here in the book of Nehemiah. Now remember, we're talking about them having a great revival and they're ascending up out of their stage of darkness that they've been in for so many, many years and they're having quite a time getting out of that darkness. And there's only one way they're gonna get out. They cannot have a new birth, of course. It's not given in their time. And the only way to bring revival, even the Old Testament, was to have a renewing of their understanding of God's word. Now, it's not just a renewing of the beneficial side only. Now, that's what Laodicea wants. They don't care a bit if you're telling them all the good things that God wants them to have, how blessed he wants them to be, all the blessing scriptures, all the multiplying, the prosperity scriptures, they want all them, but they don't want nothing about God wants you to do this and do that and do the other. But a real believer wants that as well as the blessing scripture. Because they know in order to get a blessing, it's one thing to get a blessing. It's another thing to keep that blessing on your life. Now, sinners can walk through prayer lines and be healed. Evil people can be healed. I sat in the cancer center the other day waiting on Erica, and there was a man and a woman sitting right up from me, and I was sitting there waiting on them, and the woman reading to the man a text, her husband, maybe, perhaps, I don't know, but someone had sent her a text, and I was close enough till I could hear what she was saying, and she was sharing with this man a miracle which had happened by someone getting healed of cancer. The woman sat there, she had on pants, she had on earrings, she had on makeup, and I'm a hippie as far as the length of my hair compared to hers. So you know what, there they was, both of them were just rejoicing over this miracle that this person had experienced. Now friend, I know some of the message folks could all been out of shape at me because I keep going over this over and over again. The bride is not, I say it again, the bride is not the only one that experiences miracles. Well, praise the Lord. I just had an eyewitness just the other day and I heard these people and there they were sitting crying and they were rejoicing right there in the doctor's office and talking about what God had done. You know what? I didn't sit there and get mad and say, well, woman, you can't have no miracle. You don't go to our church. Well, you know what? God don't think that way. God has mercy on people and God will heal them and God will save them and God will do all kinds of things. But can they keep that miracle? Jesus said, go and sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. You see, I don't want to just get blessed every now and then. I want to get blessed and stay blessed for the rest of my life. 
if God heals me, I don't want to get healed of a certain thing and then get sick again and get healed again and get sick again. I want to be able to get healed and maintain my healing in Christ Jesus. Let me understand. It's the same way with my walk with God. I don't want to just be able to get in, but so many people when it comes to Christianity, it's like they move no farther than just at the foot of the cross. And that's because that's where many of the preachers bring them to. And they preach the cross over and over and over again, and they never go beyond the cross, and that's as far as many of them ever get. They know nothing about discipleship. But the Lord God never come to the earth just to make us people that would constantly kneel at the cross and stay right there at the cross. Look at John the Beloved, one of the very few disciples that was actually at the scene of the cross. How many times did he mention it? I won't tell you, I know, but I want you to look at it. I want you to find it for me in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. I want you to find it for me in the book of Revelation. Here is a man that saw it. Why didn't he preach the cross in every chapter and every verse? Why would he deal with predestination and election and false doctrine? Why would he call the names of false leaders like Diotrephes and some of those other guys? Because he knew you could not live an overcoming Christian life by just staying at the foot of the cross, you've got to go on with God. You know, the Lord Jesus did not call his disciples just cross kneelers. He did not call them cross bearers, but he called them disciples. He called them men, now they were disciple, discipline, where the word comes from, and what they knew, but they are going to extend their discipleship after they get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they're not gonna stop at the cross and just preach the cross every service and the cross and the cross. Look, if most of us here tonight are saved, I don't figure I need to have an altar call every night for those of you if you're saved. Is that right? Why do you need to get saved again, 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 again? But what do we want to do? We want to go on with God. And in order to do that, we have to have a clearer understanding of what our position is in Christ Jesus. And this is where discipleship leads us into a deeper place in the Lord. It's not just getting saved. It's not just getting baptized. And then we make church a social place. Well, we all gather together and I was talking to a businessman the other day and he was asking us about our new place and wanting to know in our new church if we would be uh, allowing people to bring coffee in on the carpet and donuts and so on. What's the matter? I mean, you, you folks didn't think that we was going to have a Pepsi machine by the front door and, and I, I was going to buy into a partnership of Dunkin' Donuts and put it right there. Well, we may be dunking some things, but it won't be donuts. I'm hoping it's going to be a lot of people. <laughs> Amen. But th that is the modern day church to where the people bring their coffee in to church and, and bring in their donuts. And uh, well, I, I might as well say amen now because some of y'all have got your mind on your favorite kind of coffee right now, don't you? And your favorite jelly or cream or whatever that donut, get that out of your mind right now. 
But you see, for that is a modern day Laodicean church member, and that's what it's all about. It's all about fellowship and just coming together. Well, fellowship with one another is good, but to be honest, I never just come to fellowship with you all tonight. I come to have fellowship with Almighty God. Oh, it's wonderful to have fellowship of the saints of God. Now, I want you to notice, let's go down this avenue just a little bit here about understanding. And the prophet says, and seed not air the shuck, he that heareth my word, and the word there is understandeth. Any drunkard, anything else can hear it and walk away. But he that heareth my word, understandeth my word, and believe on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into judgment but it's passed from death unto life. Yes, sir. Now, the modern day is, of course, theory is that people say, you believe on the Son of God? Absolutely. Well, you've got eternal life. Well, you know, if that is so, then every devil out of hell will have eternal life and they'll all be saved at the end because they'll live like the devil, act like the devil, and believe and be the devil until the last minute before it all winds up and then they'll get saved and then here where heaven's going to be full of a bunch of demons soon. No, nope, it ain't that way. Notice how he said how that God, now notice what the real believer is going to understand and be a partaker of. Yes, sir, he that has, notice this, that hath this great mystery of the God made known understands how that God was in Christ, reconciling himself to the world, how that he and the Father were one, how the great mysteries of the fulfilling of God, taking and bringing himself, manifested in the age of human beings. Now this is what a real believer wants to understand. But does this fit most of modern Christianity? Does it fit even many message folks? No. I don't even care. Well, I go to church. I mean, I pay my tithes, and I believe God sent a prophet. I believe a serpent said I couldn't explain it. I, I don't come to heaven. I'm not sure why. We don't do this, and I don't know why, but I really don't need to. That's why I pay Brother Donnie. I'm not sure who told you that, but they lied to you. That's not why you're paying me. I'm here to help you and lead you along with me to a deeper understanding of the Lord and his word. Now watch, he goes on to say, manifest in the age of human beings and in the stream of human beings and in the company of human beings to make his word manifested in the day and the eastern rising of the sun and to do the same as the sun sets in the west, which is us, to make himself manifested in a bride church. Amen. The word made manifest, see, it will too. He that understands Standeth, that is, to know that's been revealed to him of him that sent me has everlasting life. So it's not just coming to church here. It's not just playing tapes. It's not just reading her Bible. It's not just saying, well, God sent a message. I don't understand nothing about it. I don't really need to. You're being lied to. The devil is lying to you. And you are accepting his lie, which is just as big a lie as believing there's three gods. If you believe you do not need to understand nothing about God's word, you are deceived. Amen. 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 Well, it's getting hot in here, ain't it? 
Notice, but it's been revealed to him that sent me. He has everlasting life. I will not come into judgment, but it's passed from death unto life. Now the Easter seal. Now the Holy Spirit is here on earth looking out those individuals that God has ordained, amen, to life in this age. And as soon as it finds it, it does like it did on Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. It does like it did on Jesus Christ, the great super son of God who redeemed us all. It comes down and takes its place of abode into the human life. Now bring, brought the quickening power. I'll tell you, friend, to me, this is so phenomenal. Listen what it does. Now the quickening power that come upon Jesus quickened him to manifest every promise of the word of that day. The Lord Jesus could not fulfill the word of his day without the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he could not be Christ until the Holy Ghost come in him, which was his father. The angel never called him Jesus Christ, but Jesus. He could not fulfill the scriptures, many of them, until the word was quickened by the Holy Ghost. You believe he was the word seed? He was. But what did he need to quicken that? He needed the Spirit of God to quicken his life. If he needed it, how much more do we need it? My, that quickening power that come upon Jesus quickened him, quickened him. It absolutely quickened him to manifest every promise of the word of that day. So does the Holy Spirit that come upon us in this day. If it's not a mockery, Holy Spirit, you're not the devil mocking the Holy Spirit, but the real true Holy Spirit, it'll manifest the promise of this hour. And it's not the promise of Luther, Wesley, or Pentecost. I'm talking about 1906 now. Now, when it fell upon Luther, it manifests that promise of that hour. When it fell upon Wesley, it manifests the promise of that hour. When it falls in this day, it manifests the promise of this hour. Well, guess what? When Brother Branham came, the Spirit of God had to fall upon him and bring his attention to Malachi 4, right? Luke 17, 30, Revelation 10. Brother Branham in the Baptist church before receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God could not quicken his life to the fulfilling of Malachi 4 until he received the Holy Ghost. Well, praise the Lord, Brother Donnie. I said, I have to preach an amen to well, I can do it. I've done it before. Yeah, I just have to play two parts, but I really wore out whenever I do it. But I'm going to get y'all's reward for preaching and saying amen if y'all just going to. So you see, Brother Branham had to have the Holy Ghost. Lance has got to have the Holy Ghost. Wes has to have the Holy Ghost. Fred, Donnie, Carol, everybody else has to have the Holy Ghost. Or we will try to make our lives comply to the teaching of this word. And really inside of our hearts, we're making our hearts do something that our heart doesn't want to do. But if we are quickened by the Holy Ghost, God sits on the throne of our heart and our heart says, praise me and I say, yes, sir, live right. Yes, sir, go to church. Yes, sir, pray for those that hate you. Yes, sir. Why? Because he's in me and he wants to obey his word. 
Oh my. Notice this. Last two sentences in this paragraph. When it fell upon Jesus, it manifests the promise of that hour. And there's none of us that was the word the way he was. And even he couldn't do it. Donnie can't. You can't. Notice again, it's the Holy Spirit coming down to quicken, make alive those people that's foreordained of God to be in the rapture. Notice that is, if he is, ah, here we go, a true eagle, he will understand the message of the hour. Oh my goodness. So he won't just say, I believe every word. Hallelujah. He won't just say he believes it. But he will understand what Father gives him understanding for. Now, are all of us going to understand what the prophet did? Of course not. There's no way we're going to walk in that scope of where God called him. Is that right? No doubt. I won't understand what many other great ministers understand. I listen to someone preach them down and think, my goodness, where in the world did they get that at? I just listened to that same tape. I just read that same book. I never got that. Well, that's the way God does it. And then they'll hear somebody else say, wow, where did he get that at? But we understand as Father allows us to understand. I've quoted it to you hundreds of times the prayer and souls in prison now. Father, I pray for each man, woman, boy, and girl that you'd help them to understand in the capacity that they're ordained to understand him. But you see, God can only anoint our capacity when we link up with that capacity and say, Father, let me understand more. Oh, you say, Brother Donnie, but I'm sick. Oh, I don't need revelation. Yes, you do. You need a revelation tonight that no matter how much you hurt, by his stripes you are healed. But Brother Donnie, my bills are past due. I, I don't need that. I need money. No, you need a revelation. If I could give you $500, it might catch up on your bills. But if I could help you see a revelation, you'll be called up from here on out. Why? Because every time you get in a hard spot, that's exactly right. We can give a little boy a fish and it might feed him his supper. But if we teach him how to fish, he won't be hungry again. I don't want you to rely upon me. I don't want you to rely upon Brother Darrell when you get in trouble. Oh God, Brother Darrell's out of town. Oh no, Brother Donnie's going out of town. That may be so, but Jesus is always in town. Jesus is all, oh, hallelujah, he's always got an ear open to the cries of his children. My, if he is a true eagle, oh my goodness, you know what this quote lets me know? There are some people who claim to be eagles that aren't true eagles at all. If he is a true eagle, he will understand the message of the hour if he's a true eagle. Now the little eagle probably in the barnyard, he was eating all right. But he knew it wasn't just exactly right. But when he heard the truth, he received the truth. And John 14, St. John 5, 24 rather, Jesus said, speaking this way, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Not come into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. Now think how simple that is. He that believeth. Now the correct way of saying that, he that understandeth. Uh-oh. 
Now you go down here in the street and say to the prostitute, you believe? Sure. You believe he's the son of God? Certainly. Been baptized? Sure. Go down to the drunkard and say, you hear what that preacher preached? Yep. You believe that? Sure. But he that understandeth, he that knoweth his place in this hour. Don't you see why, friends, Satan wants us to focus absolutely every day of our life on Brother Branham and his position. Can't you see why he just gets messing people going around and around and around and around? My, we've gone around this mountain for 40 years. We've gone around this mountain. Yes, God sent a prophet and he was vindicated by God and he had a message, but somebody tell me what he said. I don't want to just know God sent a prophet. I've known that for years now. I want to find out what my place is in the word. I want you to find out what your position is. So when hell comes against you, you can look hell in the face and say, back up, devil. Not today, devil. Not today, not tomorrow. No, I know who I am. He that understandeth, he that knoweth his place in this hour. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath present tense eternal life. Shall not come into the judgment, but is already passed from death unto life. Aren't you glad you have tonight? Amen. Then when this eternal life dwells in you, it is the potential or the earnestness of you being quickened from mortal to immortality. Let me say that again. He must have really got blessed himself. When this spirit has found you, it is the potential of your eternal inheritance that God thought of you. I know, friends, people say, why does Brother Donnie constantly pointing to election? Why is it so important? Because it's important to God. The Bible is full of it, the message is full of it, and I'm full of it. I'm gonna get so full of it, and I'll tell you what my body's gonna say, I can't take this no more, and I'm gonna say there's only one thing left for you to do, old boy, become a young boy. Hey, man, what's it gonna be that's gonna change it? The way we take the rapture is by the word. We'll feed on it, and feed on it, and feed on it, till our mortality cannot remain mortal anymore. It is the potential of your eternal inheritance that God thought of you and made for you before the foundation of the world. That is your potential. Like if you asked me for an oak tree and I gave you an acorn, the life of the oak tree is in the acorn now, but you have to wait till it grows up. Notice in Nehemiah 10, 28, and the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the porters, the singers, the Nethanims, and all they that had separated themselves from the people of the lands unto the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, they wasn't leaving one hoof behind. Mom and daddy was getting straightened out. They was getting their homes straightened out. 
everyone having oh my goodness kids too every one of them having knowledge and having under oh so this is a revival of understanding not head knowledge now not head knowledge, but a knowledge that releases the power of God to change your life. Notice in verse 29, and they clave to their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse, whoa, and into an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord. Oh my, our Lord. And his judgments. Now, actually, some of them guys are going up there and they're signing a document. These brothers here, they didn't necessarily sign the instrument, but what they done was they made a solemn oath to God. We swear by the Most High, we repent of what we've done wrong and we want to be different. So we're just going to sit back and let God do everything else and no, that's the lay of the sins. Notice what they said they would and would not do in verse 30. He, that we would not give our daughters unto the people of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. You see, this has been part of the downfall of the nation of Israel. I mean, I go on to say it's been so with Christianity as well. Well, praise the Lord. It is today among believers. Yep. The danger in mixed marriages was that the loss of faith would be among the real believer. So the Jews had dietary laws. They could eat this, do this. They couldn't sew certain type of material together. On the Sabbath day, don't you understand? The Sabbath itself was a sign of separation. While the heathen did not keep one day holy, they did not keep the Sabbath day, and God set his seal upon the Sabbath. It was another reason for them to stand out among all the rest of the people. How odd they must have been. Everybody else would go to buy and sell everybody but real believers. And oh, so-and-so come down to your place and we'll say you sold uh, copper pots and we'll say you sold clay jars and, and you sold horseshoes and then you put the horse, the shoes on the horse and you sold the nails and you made the hammer and then all the rest of you guys, you know, and you're all Jews. So on the seventh day, you're all shut out. Well, people come in there and say, well, I wanted this horseshoe. I needed this and the other. Well, where are they at? Them bunch of skirt wearing, I'll tell you, man following cults. Oh, you didn't know? You didn't know that they don't, they're not even open on Saturday? Well, what kind of people are them? I'm telling you, they're a cult. They're following the rules of this one man. And this one man, supposedly, God come down on the mountain and wrote down on his own finger, if you can believe that. Now, who in the world would ever believe 
became such a wild, far-out story that Almighty God come down on a mountain and wrote with his own hand and gave it to Moses. Then Moses got mad and threw it down. Then he went back up and God gave him another prayer. And they all stem from this one man's idea. And NBC wasn't up on the mountain. MSNBC wasn't up there. YouTube wasn't up there. You know, all the rest of these are social things we have today. Nobody called it on Instagram. There's absolutely no scientific proof whatsoever that we have that Moses was ever vindicated by YouTube. But that's okay. I believe it anyway. I'll bet you all. Oh, and then they have to wear certain colors. Uh, you know, the man's garments has to be different than the woman's. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and actually, they believe there's only two genders. I mean, how weird is that? They actually believe that God created the... Man... Maybe I shouldn't say man. Our Supreme Court nominee, when they asked her what a woman was, she couldn't even define what it was. Well, that tells you one thing. She don't need to be on no court, much less the Supreme one. Bunch of left-leaning liberals bringing hell down on us and the atomic warfare. Come on, children, don't get quiet. I don't care what party you are. If you ain't got enough guts to stand up for principle and break beyond your party, you need the Holy Ghost. We're too far gone. We're beyond redemption. I was reading one night this week that, um, that Russia has been working on a stealth bomber that they have named the messenger. The messenger. I got cold chills when I read that. I thought, wow, the messenger. And the reason I'm gonna miss that messenger is because I accepted God's messenger. <laughs> and those who turn down that messenger of Malachi 4 get that messenger from Russia. As a matter of fact, it can travel 12,000 miles. It can go from Moscow to any place on the earth in less than 30 minutes. And stealth, stealth, it can carry over 30,000 pounds of ordnance. God have mercy. I'm so glad I've got a hiding place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my, aren't you glad you've got a hiding place? It ain't no wonder the judgment of God is belching beneath us. Look at the White House. Look at the, look at the government and how it's going. Oh, come on, saints, don't get quiet on me. You know it's the truth. Our nation awaits the judgment of God. But thank God there is a way out of here. It is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So how could a pure little Jewish woman ever marry an Ashdodite or some other Gentile tribe and her tell him, look, I can't eat clams. What? I can't eat anything with a webbed foot either. What? You can't eat frog legs? 
You can't eat this and that other woman. What kind of are you? Where in the world did you get that at? Well, it goes back to that one man. Well, what council did that come from? Well, it wasn't actually council, just one man. <laughs> oh, where in the world did you get that? Oh, yeah, and I cannot, uh, I cannot wear a garment that has flax and woolen in it, too. Woman? Well, I want you to put on them britches. Oh, no, I can't, I can't wear britches because that pertains to a man. Where did you get all these strange things? Where did you get all these ideas? Well, it's in my faith. Well, if that woman's really holding on to her faith, she ought to know better than to marry an unbeliever. Because what'll happen? Oh, oh, but we'll make it work, brother. Don't I have heard that so many times. It makes me sick at my stomach. For a girl or a boy that will marry outside the faith and turn their home into hell. Oh, we can make it work. That's not really the question. The question is this. How can God ever bless something that is off the foundation of his word? And who is it nine times out of ten that compromises? The believer. That's exactly right. It's the believer. Well, if we have kids, we'll, we'll let them go over here to a part of the time and, and we'll let them go to my church. So she's got a church and you got a church, huh? Come on, don't get quiet on me. Don't you see this thing caused Israel all the havoc that it caused them? How can we expect it'll be blessed by God for our lives? Well, praise the Lord. My, my. Well, I'll, I'll win them to the Lord. Good luck on that, because you'll do so without any scriptures backing you up. Look, friends, marriage is a wonderful thing, but it can be hard enough. God bless your little hearts. It can be hard enough with the right one, <laughs> with the blessing of God in your home. That's all right, brothers, don't even move. Don't even move. Don't even bow. She's looking right at you. Look at me, brothers. Look at me. Don't move. She's looking at you. <laughs> it can be a challenge. Dear God. <laughs> His wife ain't sitting by him tonight. <laughs> He'll get it when he gets home, won't he? <laughs> Sis, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean I... <laughs> oh. oh, but people say, well, as long as we love each other. You think God will override that, huh? He won't. So look what this revival done. It brought them back to the word. They said, you know what? God told us this. So if we're having a real revival, glory to God, a real stir and praise the Lord, it wants to stir our hearts back to the word. So these parents said, it begins with us. We need to discourage our children from marrying out of the faith. If some of you compromising parents would have set that order in your home long ago, your kids wouldn't be where they are. Amen. Dear Lord, I might need to take a vacation to Bora Bora somewhere. <laughs> Verse 31. And if the people of the land bring wire or victuals on the Sabbath day to sell, we would not buy of it or of them on the Sabbath day. 
We would leave the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. Now remember, the Sabbath observance was strictly Jewish. No Gentiles observed the Sabbath. Oh, they had feast days and this and that. But it was every now and then. But God required the Sabbath every week. And one of the busiest shopping days. Oh, my. So it was a place where they socialized and done business and all just kind of get together, you know. And, and some of the Jewish merchants, you know how the Jews have that reputation anyway of being the penny pinchers and all that sort of thing. And you can imagine. Now, notice this in Leviticus 25 too. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years shalt thou sow thy field, and six years shalt thou prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land. So the whole year of the seventh year, you're not to plant, to sow, nor to reap of that which you have planted. Now listen carefully so you don't misunderstand this. But the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land. So you imagine all the rest of these people all around them everywhere, why they don't pay no difference to that. Look at the face it would have required to pull all of your crops, plant no more crops, do nothing else the seventh year, so that's one year you're trusting God. Then you're moving on over into the second year, waiting for the harvest cycle. And then every 50th year, you do it again. So you've got three years where you've got to do this. You're talking about faith. Ah. Oh. But what do we want to do? We want to help the Lord. Now, Lord, I know you can grow good maters, but you ought to see what I can do with them. Oh, you heard about the old farmer whenever he was talking about, you know, boy, the guy come by and said, man, you've got some of the best cucumbers. and Oh, yeah, you've got the best tomatoes and this and that. And there he said, boy, you've got the blessing of the Lord on your life. And that old farmer said, you ought to have seen him when the Lord had it himself. It was all grown up in his briars and brambles. And that's kind of the way we are as humans. It's like we look at it and, well, Lord, you need my help here. Don't you understand, Jesus? You need me to help you. And I'll help you with my life. And I'll help you in my family's life. And we get right in the middle of God's way. But here God wants them on that seventh year. All they can do by the word of God is go out and pick the fruit on the trees that God planted, not them. Any berries, any things out yonder that they did not plant, they could not eat of anything they planted. They had to rest in God's provision alone. They rest in God's provision or they starve. But there's strawberries in my patch. There's blueberries, there's raspberries, there's figs. My, it's all hanging right there. But you planted them. Don't you touch it. But you go out there and you find what I planted. And you imagine when they got there, there was blueberries, there was strawberries, there was figs, there was things everywhere. None of them would have went hungry had they had faith to trust God. But I wonder how many of them got scared. And they kind of sneaked down around the back and said, well, put us out a little garden out behind the house. 
We'll put us up a little privacy fence. And it won't nobody know it but us. I'm not sure about this Sabbath thing. Makes me nervous. Whew. This makes me so nervous. Can I rest? Can I trust him? Well, I can't answer that question for you. You have to answer it yourself. Well, I'll ask you something, friend. Can we trust God in his Sabbath? As I mentioned here Wednesday night, this is why people want evidences. They want an evidence of jerking or tongues or a certain doctrine. Why? We've got to help God out because it soothes that something. And instead of being able to trust an invisible God, you know, the Bible says a very strange thing. Maybe get to it this Sunday. The Bible says a very strange thing about Moses that Moses did not fear the commandment of the king. Talking about Pharaoh. But Moses saw him who was invisible. <laughs> Whoa. He did not fear the commandment of the king, but he saw him who was invisible. Now explain to me, how is that possible? How do you see an invisible God? Well, you do. You see, when you see the Father's word made manifest, you have seen the Father God. But that's only to those who by the eyes of faith are able to look and say, somehow, Mom, how are we going to do it? Look, we got a big family here. Oh, well, you okay, Mom? We're fine. We're fine. We can these figs. We've got this and this and this. Me and the kiddies will go out here. Now, God's done said now that we'd be able to eat of the, of the sheep. And God said we could eat of the oxen and we can eat of the cattle. That's fine. That's, that's okay because that's him. He reproduced that lie. But, but boy, wait a minute. Shouldn't we have backup? He is our backup. He's our front part, our middle part, our back part. He's the up part, the down part. If we can trust him. But sometimes he gets us in such a spot. God loves spots of impossibility. Oh, my. Lord I'm going to say that again thank you Lord God loves spots of impossibility and God sometimes will have science prove this is impossible this is totally impossible you cannot be cured you cannot be healed this cannot happen that cannot happen and they will have a record of it and then guess who shows up oh glory to God and God shows up in the impossible situation and makes it possible Mm. Notice that which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest shalt thou not reap. I mean, how crazy to the human mind would that be? So you've got all these berries and beans and cabbages. I'm saying with fruit that you all know. You've got all that out there, but you can't go get it. Oh, wait a minute, I thought we waste not one not around here. Oh my goodness, I mean, we're supposed to let that hang right there? Right. What is it? Faith. Trust in him. <laughs> Notice that which grows of its own accord of thy harvest. This is what you've done. Don't you fall back on your little jerk. Don't you fall back and you're like, come on, children. Let's come right down to where the brass sacks meets the road. God has so orchestrated this baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is not one material evidence. There is not one physical evidence. There is not one emotional evidence. That is an absolute proof that you have it. But if you have it, you know you have it. Sometimes you don't feel it. Sometimes you can't sense it nowhere around you. But you know it is there. It's there in the hard times. It's there in the good times. 
It's there in tests. It's there in trials. It's unexplainable. And the Sabbaths of the land shall be meat for you. So the land is going into this year of Shabbat, Sabbath. So their crops are separated from the Sabbath. You follow me? Like our works are from his rest. But your meat, your fulfillment, your thirst will be quenched. Your hunger will be satisfied from the meat of my Shabbat. You'll stand and look out your door and your mouth will drool for those figs. You'll look out your window and you'll see this and that and the other. Oh, if I could only do, oh, I could do that. I could, I could, I could, I could. You could, but if you're a believer, you won't. If you really trust him, oh my, and you're saying, I'm not sure exactly where, where we're gonna get food today, but there's food right there. That's right there, 10 steps out of my door. You mean, God, you would want me to go out here somewhere looking around to try to find food and it's dropping off of my, my plant that I planted, that I done this and we done that and me and my wife and that's the problem. But God said, what will sustain you is the meat of my Shabbat. That which grows up of itself, of the vines and of the trees, something you never touched, something you never watered, you never hoed, you never grubbed around it, but I did it. Praise God. Oh boy, it's still hard for many of us. Many of us have been saving our all of our whole life and we're still helping God out. Oh, we help him through trials. We help him through this and that and the other. I mean, we're so good at it. We help him with everybody else's life. We go to advising this and that and the other and tell them what they ought to do. And my, my, we just got her all down there. Some of you have robbed God of Sabbath. Think of it. 70 years of captivity speaks of the parallel of their rebellion. You understand how long that would have been? 490 years they had not kept Shabbat according to the word. Their punishment is going to be 70 years. Why? They had not kept it right as a nation. So God said, I will send you away into another land and while you are there, the land will be resting. The land will be enjoying Shabbat. For 70 years, why 70, why not 65, why not 60? Exact parallel of how long they broke the word. Notice Leviticus 25, 7, and for thy cattle and for the beasts that are in thy land shall all the increase thereof be meat. Why? They couldn't give the cow life. They couldn't give the sheep life. Only God could give it life. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years. Seven times seven years. And the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. And then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. And the day of atonement 
shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. Oh, he and ye shall hallow the 50th year. Now we move into a whole year of Sabbath. You imagine every time it come real close. So we'll say Brother Rob got in debt to Brother Fred. He owed him a big bunch of money. And Brother, Brother Rob couldn't pay it. So Brother Fred said, all right, you can come work for me. But it was year 45. Year 45. Now he knew if he didn't get this debt paid off when the Jubilee trumpet blowed, old Rob could walk. Well, you imagine some of them, boy, they had a hard time dealing with that. And they thought, now this ain't right. This ain't right. That sorry outfit, I'm telling you what, he owed me $50,000. Oh, that old boy ain't worth 50 cents a day. Brother Rob, I was speaking against you now. That old boy ain't worth 50 cents a day. Well, my goodness, time he gets done working three years, 48 days, 29 minutes, and 37 seconds into that, why, he won't even pay $75 of what he owes me. And here I am, I'm gonna go in the hole. But you know what it was? It was a beginning of a new year. It was the year of jubile, or as we say in the English, jubilee. And when they blow the trumpet, oh, Rob out there, boy, he's a hoeing and a chopping and doing this and that and the other. He went out there that morning with a spring and he said, glory to God, I'm going home to my wife and my little youngins. Of course, by now, some of those done got married and left home. And Brother Rob was going back and said, glory to God, this is my last day hoeing meters for old Brother Fred. This is my last day for hoeing tater. I'm a free man at the sound of the trumpet. Well, that that's the way we were. When we heard the gospel trumpet of the message of the hour, we were free from Pentecostal tradition. We were free from Baptist tradition. That's why we don't want to leave this word because we are free. We are in the year of Jubilee, saints. So you can see that some of these old miserly people, I think Moses must have come up with that in his own idea. That's just Moses' opinion about that's what it is. As a matter of fact, Moses ain't got one scripture to back that up. This is kind of odd to me that we've got this one man's idea for this whole thing. Isn't it odd? This one man was the main prophet. And it just so happens his brother was the high priest. And then his nephews. And then even the people that packed the furniture, their second cousins. And then we got all this, and this is a family deal. Yeah, here we are. We're getting shafted, aren't we? We're getting cheated out of something. You imagine, friends, God does things in such a way sometimes that you just have to believe it's him. This is why that the natural carnal minded people just can't do it. They cannot process it through their mind. And what they cannot figure out, they cannot believe. But the Holy Ghost can help you to believe and understand things that your mind will never process. Oh. My, my. Notice what God says. If you don't keep these things, this is what I'll do to you. Leviticus 26, 33, I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbaths. 
Isn't that strange how God looks at the earth? God calls the earth a her. Now I know it ain't real popular, but we have two genders in the Bible. Trans and trans and poor, whatever the rest of them wants to be. I'm sorry, you can't find that in God's holy word. Well, come on now. Oh my. Brother Donnie, don't go that way. You'll get us in more trouble. I don't care. I'm going to stand for the word of God, friends. If you're looking for a compromiser, you vote me out. I'm, no, not me. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbath as long as it lieth desolate. This is what God's doing here for 70 years. The land is lying desolate. Look at Israel. My, look at it. Whenever the Jews started going back after World War II, whenever the Germans did all they did, and they started going back into that. Look at the pictures. My goodness. I've seen several documentaries and pictures of what Israel looked like whenever they come in. It was unbelievable. But what was going on? Enjoying its Sabbath because of their years of rebellion against God. God told them what he would do. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbath as long as it lieth desolate and ye be in your enemy's land. Even as they shall, then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbath. And as long as it lieth desolate, it shall rest. Because, this is the reason, it did not rest in your Sabbaths. It did not rest in your Sabbaths. Why? They would not allow the land to produce its productivity. Oh, can't you see the Holy Ghost wants to so manifest himself out of our lives. But we rob him of the Sabbath. Oh, Lord, let me, let me find a place to close. Notice this in Second Chronicles. Can I have just five more minutes here? Second Chronicles 36, 19, and they burnt the house of God. Now this is the destruction of the temple and, and the, the city there, 586 B.C. They burnt the house of God and break down the wall of Jerusalem and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire and destroyed the goodly vessels thereof. And them that escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon where they were servants to him, Nebuchadnezzar, and his sons unto the reign of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land hath enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbaths to fulfill threescore and ten years. He would give the land 70 years of rest to compensate for the 490 years of rebellion of the children of Israel. Oh my. The land would enjoy it. Look at verse 11. And Zedekiah was one and 20 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. And he did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord his God. And humbled not himself before Jeremiah. Ah. Humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet. Speaking from the mouth of the Lord. You see, so all of those who want to attack Brother Branham, they're not attacking William Branham. They're not attacking Happy Valley Church. They're not attacking us. If what this man was had was from the word of God, they're attacking Almighty God himself. 
He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar who had made him swear by God. But he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief of the priests and the people transgressed. So, I mean, here, look, the priest, the people, the king transgressed at all the abominations of the heathen and polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers raising up the times and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. America, America, how off God would have gathered you. But now your house is left unto you desolate. In 1956, you turned down revival to our nation. You've rejected God's messenger from heaven. Now Russia has a messenger for you. Therefore he brought upon them the king of the Chaldees, who slew their young men with the sword in the house of the sanctuary and had no compassion on the young men or maiden. All men or him that's too for age, he gave them all into his hand and all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of the princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God and break down the wall of Jerusalem and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire. And I mentioned it to you, and just again this week, I saw from the city of David, it's a website run by Jews, by the Archaeological Society of, of Israel, several different archaeological societies there, and it's called the City of David. And Carol and I saw it just this week, where they had dug down, and it absolutely astounded them because they were confused. They could see this era and this era and this era and they got down to this era here. They couldn't even understand what was going on. They could not understand what in the world have we found here. We found burnt timbers. We found this type of pottery with these particular seals. They, they couldn't understand it. And then they found a key with somebody's name on it. And it tied it right back to the days of Nebuchadnezzar. And then they sent out this memo all across the world of all of those who love the archaeology of Israel. And they said, now we have the foundation. We're actually standing right on top of what Nebuchadnezzar burnt. Why? Because God's a mean God? Because they were a stubborn, hard-headed, stiff-necked people. So for your sakes, for your children's sakes, Let's not be like them. Amen. Let's stand. Don't you love him? Amen. Now notice why this was done in verse 21. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. You see, one day, it'll start trembling and shaking. That's right. The plates will start one building and one going above the other, which is what causes these earthquakes. 
So the ring of fire will start pressing, and it's moving, moving, moving. The little shakes, the little jolts. But that the word of the Lord would be fulfilled, which was prophesied by his servant, William Branham. Woe unto you, city of the angels. You'll sink down 40 miles down. And the waves will shoot plumb back to Kentucky. Plumb down to the Salton Sea. I'll tell you one thing. It ain't going to be good news for those who's ridiculed and laughed and made fun of this message. If they live through it and they recognize what's happened and they see the word of the Lord come to pass exactly that which was spoken, there'll be no place to run and hide. Even now, scientists are increasing their size. Each year that goes by, well, it could be a 9.1. Well, no, no, no. It might be a 9.5. Well, it could be a 10 point. Well, we're estimating millions will be affected, and this will happen, and they're not even halfway there yet. But don't worry, little children. If you're sealed by the power of the living God, God couldn't even let fire strike Sodom until Lot come out. And he was just a penny. So how much more will he do with his silver dollar children? To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill three score and ten years. Now here these people have come back and they want a revival. God, what, what, what can we do? What did they do? They've got to look back and see what their fathers did that led to that destruction. They're on the other side of this 70 years. Now they're coming out and they want a revival. Well, what can we do to keep this? Well, what, what can we do? Well, we don't need to do what our fathers did because what they done is what brought this. So what are we going to do? We ain't going to let our boys and girls marry out of faith. And we're going to start going to church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get to it, Lord willing, next time I deal with it. But they swore, they swore they would not forsake the house of the Lord God. Why? That's what their parents had done. Parents didn't feel like there's no great need. Eh. Well, you know what? The priests couldn't work. They weren't supposed to work. They're supposed to offer sacrifices and all that. So the people stopped paying tithes. The people stopped bringing sacrifices for them to eat and all that. So the priests had to go to get a job. They had to go to work. Well, they couldn't preach and, you know, do all that sort of thing. So the house of God just laid dormant. They didn't go to church no more. They didn't keep Sabbath no more. God said, I give you fair warning that when you do this, I will destroy you. It amazes me that the people of Israel can read this in their law, their Torah, what God said he would do. And now they look at it and say, I don't understand why God did that. I don't understand why you don't understand why God did it. It's unbelievable the amount of Jews that are atheists and infidels that do not believe in God. You know why? Because they do not understand why their fathers and mothers and grandfathers were sold unto Germany and let them do what they done. Like they're blaming God. It ain't God's fault. It was their fault. They said, let his blood be upon us and our children. Crucify him. 
Right? Look, friends, God is not mean. God is loving and kind and wonderful and gentle. If there's anybody out of sorts, let's just admit it. It's us. It's us. Oh, my. How many wants a true revival of the Word? Praise God. Let me just read this before we pray. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12, God said, Moreover also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they may know that I'm the Lord that sanctified them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes. They despised my judgment, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. And my Sabbaths, they greatly polluted. The Sabbath day was actually God's day. Remember on the seventh day, God rested. So God had a millennium. Adam called God out of his millennium. Man was made on the 6,000th year of creation. Then the Garden of Eden on display is the millennium. When Eve is there, Adam is there, it's the millennium, the first one. And man called God out of his millennium and put the millennium on hold. This is why no man has ever lived to be a thousand years old and never will to the millennium. Because the millennium was stopped right there in the Garden of Eden. But God will resume it. Praise God. I can't wait, can you? How many wants to be there with all your heart? Let's bow our heads together. Oh, Father, we realize the Bible tells us that many of these things that happened in the Old Testament, they were written and recorded for our admonition that we might learn by them, Lord, that we could learn what your people did and the positive things and how you blessed them. But we could also read when they failed you and whenever they didn't do what you told them to do, how you corrected them. We want to learn by that as well. Lord God, I pray that you'd help each heart here tonight to know you do not want us to live by the law, but you want us to live by the grace of God in our hearts. But really those who receive grace in the right way, Paul said they are a law unto themselves. And for those who have the law that's been translated, not by the Young's translation, the NIV translation, but the Living Word translation in their life, it is not grievous. Oh, but every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Even when we go through trials and hard spots, you make them work to our good. Lord, may we learn, Father. May we be a people who, though we might be tempted to work our own works, help you out, do this and that, may we rest. May we eat the meat of your Sabbaths. Praise God. And that year of Shabbat that was going on, the raspberry bushes didn't have to say, hallelujah, hey, come over here and eat off of me. The fig trees, none of them, they did not have to say one word. But it was a silent evidence. But the life spoke of what it was. 
Oh, we want an evidence. We want a feeling. Oh, if you believe this doctrine, you're the bride. You believe that doctrine, you're the bride. Same thing, man's polluting your Sabbath again today. But help us, Father, that we'll receive the seal of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And even though Satan may try to get us to doubt, oh, you've never shouted, you've never jumped, you've never run, you've never done this and that, we shut him up with the silence of the fruit of God in our lives. The real believer could walk out over his hills and down in the valleys and over in the shady spots, and there he would find the fig tree, there he would find the pomegranate, there he would find all the things that they needed. Year after year after year, the Lord God provided for them. The meat of your Sabbath was their provision. We worship you, Lord. Lord, the prophet tells us one day, the Spirit of God will be lifted from the earth and the bride will be left here for a while. What are we gonna trust then? If we're not already there, and if it's in the making, what will we trust then, Lord? If we can't feel you like we want, and we can't, we can't, we cry and we pray, and oh, it just seems like we, we sense you're there, but we don't feel nothing on our flesh, and Lord, we, we try to read our Bible, and boy, we just struggle, and what are we gonna do? We're gonna eat the meat of the Sabbath. We'll rest in your promise. He said he would never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Praise God. Oh, how many wants to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might? Amen, children. May God give us strength for the things that lay before us that we will be able to trust in him with all of our might and know that as he provided for them in their Sabbath, faith, first year, no work. Second year, the harvest cycle. They're able to plant, but it's going to be months before they'll be able to eat it. How will they live? How will they feed their children? God will provide. God will provide. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much. Oh, Jesus, we want to praise you tonight. Anybody want to just take a few minutes before we go? And let's just worship him a little bit. Oh, praise God. Now, one thing that it wasn't against the law to do on Sabbath, and that was worship the Lord. Amen. They're supposed to worship and supposed to praise him. Supposed to have a time of celebration, actually on that time of resting in God's great promise. Amen. Sing something for us. Harry, let's just worship just a little bit before we go. I know you got to work tomorrow and your kids got school and all that. There may not even be it tomorrow. Let's just take the time and take advantage of this opportunity that we have to be able to love him and worship him and adore him. Some of you get tired. You can be seated. You don't have to remain standing. I know some of you got things going on in your body and the Lord understands that. But let's just take a few minutes before we go. Oh, praise the Lord. I don't know about you. I, I want a revival. I want a stirring. But I don't want an emotional stir. I want a stirring of my heart to a deeper walk. A deeper understanding of the will of God. As a true eagle, I want to understand what I'm supposed to understand. 
I want to be able to manifest what I'm supposed to manifest. Praise the Lord. Let's sing together. Oh, Jesus, we adore you, Father. Jehovah Jireh. We bless your name, Lord God. My provider. You're my provider. Oh, Adonai. Hallelujah. You are more
you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You see, the rapture. Oh, America's been working on it now for several decades. Russia's been working on it since the 50s. Other nations have been working on it. Stealth. Stealth bombers. Stealth fighters that can fly and make it out of carbon, a composite material, so whenever the radar waves hit it, and the way that the shape of it, that it comes back and the size that it leaves is just unbelievable. It's just almost incredible, the size that it will leave. They, they put the engines and bury them in these shields, and so whenever the heat-seeking missile will not be able to find them anymore, and it's a secret. So Russia is wanting to be able to fly right over America and America not pick it up on radar, and there they'll be with the messenger. Well, God stealthily sent down a messenger. Amen. And he sent this bomber all over the world, bombing the denominational churches and selling to the children, come out of her, my people. Come out. And what do we come doing? We come running and screaming out of there and left. Praise God. And we've been set free. And we're waiting for the last phase of the stealth rapture. Think of it, missing people. You come up missing together with the rest of them on the earth and they can't find you no more. They wonder about all these saucers and lights that's flying around. But don't worry, little children. One of these days, one of them will drop down and take that home. They won't be hide nor hair, nor bones left behind. You'll be caught up in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. And the devil will be looking at you one minute and say, where'd you go? Where'd she go? Stealth. God class. Amen. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Invisibility can only be shared among deified creatures. I'll let you think on that. Brother Joel, come take the service. God bless you. Don't you love him with all your heart? Amen. God bless you, saints. See you Sunday. When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, and how He's healing me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me and turn me around how he placed my feet on solid ground it makes me
solid ground Makes me
done for me. He's healed me when I'm sick. That's what he's done for me. Heal me when I'm sick. That's what he's done for me.